Section 2 of The History of Emily Montague, Volume 4 by Francis Moore Brooke. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Letters 191 through 202. Letter 191 to Miss Montague, Rose Hill, Berkshire, Clarges Street, September 21, 2 o'clock can you my angel forgive my insolent impatience and attribute it to the true cause excess of love could i be such a monster as to blame my sweet emily's dear expressions of tenderness i hate myself for being capable of writing such a letter be assured i will strictly comply with all she desires what condition is there on which i would not make the loveliest of women mine i will follow the servant in two hours i shall be at rose hill by eight o'clock adieu my dearest emily your faithful ed rivers letter one hundred and ninety two to john temple esq temple house rutland september twenty one nine at night the loveliest of women has consented to make me happy she remonstrated she doubted but her tenderness conquered all her reluctance to-morrow i shall call her mine we shall set out immediately for your house where we hope to be the next day to dinner you will therefore postpone your journey to town a week at the end of which we intend going to belfield captain firmer and mrs fitzgerald accompany us down emily's relation mrs h has business which prevents her and fitzgerald is obliged to stay another month in town to transact the affair of his majority never did emily look so lovely as this evening there is a sweet confusion mixed with tenderness in her whole look and manner which is charming beyond all expression adieu i have not a moment to spare even this absence from her is treason to love say everything for me to my mother and lucy yours ed rivers letter one hundred and ninety three to john temple esq temple house rutland rose hill september twenty two ten o'clock she is mine my dear temple and i am happy almost above mortality i cannot paint to you her loveliness the grace the dignity the mild majesty of her air is softened by a smile like that of angels her eyes have a tender sweetness her cheeks a blush of refined affection which must be seen to be imagined i envy captain firmer the happiness of being in the same chaise with her i shall be very bad company to belle who insists on my being her chesispio for the journey adieu the chaises are at the door your affectionate ed rivers letter one hundred and ninety four to captain fitzgerald temple house september twenty nine i regret your not being with us more than i can express i would have every friend i love a witness of my happiness i thought my tenderness for emily as great as man could feel yet find it every moment increase every moment she is more dear to my soul the angel delicacy of that lovely mind is inconceivable had she no other charm i should adore her what a lustre does modesty throw round beauty we remove to-morrow to belfield i am impatient to see my sweet girl in her little empire i am tired of the continual crowd in which we live at temples i would not pass the life he does for all his fortune i sigh for the power of spending my time as i please for the dear shades of retirement and friendship how little do mankind know their own happiness every pleasure worth a wish is in the power of almost all mankind 
blind to true joy ever engaged in a wild pursuit of what is always in our power anxious for that wealth which we falsely imagine necessary to our enjoyments we suffer our best hours to pass tastelessly away we neglect the pleasures which are suited to our natures and intent on ideal schemes of establishments at which we never arrive let the dear hours of social delight escape us hasten to us my dear fitzgerald we want only you to fill our little circle of friends your affectionate ed rivers letter one hundred and ninety five to captain fitzgerald belfield october three what delight is there in obliging those we love my heart dilated with joy at seeing emily pleased with the little embellishments of her apartment which i had made as gay and smiling as the morn it looked indeed as if the hand of love had adorned it she has a dressing-room and closet of books into which i shall never intrude there is a pleasure in having some place which we can say is peculiarly our own some sanctum sanctorum whither we can retire even from those most dear to us this is a pleasure in which i have been indulged almost from infancy and therefore one of the first i thought of procuring for my sweet emily i told her i should however sometimes expect to be amongst her guests in this little retirement her look her tender smile the speaking glance of grateful love gave me a transport which only minds turned to affection can conceive i never my dear fitzgerald was happy before the attachment i once mentioned was pleasing but i felt a regret at knowing the object of my tenderness had forfeited the good opinion of the world which embittered all my happiness she possessed my esteem because i knew her heart but i wanted to see her esteemed by others with emily i enjoy this pleasure in its utmost extent she is the adoration of all who see her she is equally admired esteemed respected she seems to value the admiration she excites only as it appears to gratify the pride of her lover what transport when all eyes are fixed on her to see her searching around for mine and attentive to no other object as if insensible to all other approbation i enjoy the pleasures of friendship as well as those of love were you here my dear fitzgerald we should be the happiest group on the globe but all bell's sprightliness cannot preserve her from an air of chagrin in your absence come as soon as possible my dear friend and leave us nothing to wish for adieu your affectionate ed rivers letter one hundred ninety six to colonel rivers belfield rutland london october eighth you are very cruel my dear rivers to tantalize me with your pictures of happiness notwithstanding this spite i am sorry i must break in on your group of friends but it is absolutely necessary for bell and my father to return immediately to town in order to settle some family business previous to my purchase of the majority indeed i am not very fond of letting bell stay long amongst us for she gives me such an account of your attention and complaisance to mrs rivers that i am afraid she will think me a careless fellow when we meet again you seem in the high road not only to spoil your own wife but mine too which it is certainly my affair to prevent say everything for me to the ladies of your family adieu your affectionate j fitzgerald letter one hundred and ninety seven to captain fitzgerald belfield october ten you are a malicious fellow fitzgerald and i am half inclined to keep the sweet bell by force take all the men away if you please but i cannot bear the loss of a woman especially of such a woman if i was not more a lover than a husband i am not sure i should not wish to take my revenge 
to make me happy you must place me in a circle of females all as pleasing as those now with me and turn every male creature out of the house i am a most intolerable monopolizer of the sex in short i have very little relish for any conversation but theirs i love their sweet prattle beyond all the sense and learning in the world not that i would insinuate they have less understanding than we or are less capable of learning or even that it less becomes them on the contrary all such knowledge as tends to adorn and soften human life and manners is in my opinion peculiarly becoming in women you don't deserve a longer letter adieu yours ed rivers letter one ninety eight to mrs fitzgerald belfield october twelfth i am very conscious my dear bell of not meriting the praises my rivers lavishes on me yet the pleasure i receive from them is not the less lively for that consideration on the contrary the less i deserve these praises the more flattering they are to me as the stronger proofs of his love of that love which gives ideal charms which adorns which embellishes its object i had rather be lovely in his eyes than in those of all mankind or to speak more exactly if i continue to please him the admiration of all the world is indifferent to me it is for his sake alone i wish for beauty to justify the dear preference he has given me how pleasing are these sweet shades were they less so my river's presence would give them every charm every object has appeared to me more lovely since the dear moment when i first saw him i seem to have acquired a new existence from his tenderness you say true my dear bell heaven doubtless formed us to be happy even in this world and we obey its dictates in being so when we can without encroaching on the happiness of others this lesson is i think plain from the book providence has spread before us the whole universe smiles the earth is clothed in lively colors the animals are playful the birds sing in being cheerful with innocence we seem to conform to the order of nature and the will of that beneficent power to whom we owe our being if the supreme creator had meant us to be gloomy he would it seems to me have clothed the earth in black not in that lively green which is the livery of cheerfulness and joy i am called away adieu my dearest bell your faithful emily rivers letter one hundred and ninety nine to captain fitzgerald belfield october fourteenth you flatter me most agreeably my dear fitzgerald by praising emily i want you to see her again she is every hour more charming i am astonished any man can behold her without love yet lovely as she is her beauty is her least merit the finest understanding the most pleasing kind of knowledge tenderness sensibility modesty and truth adorn her almost with rays of divinity she has beyond all i ever saw in either sex the polish of the world without having lost that sweet simplicity of manner that unaffected innocence and integrity of heart which are so very apt to evaporate in a crowd i ride out often alone in order to have the pleasure of returning to her these little absences give new spirit to our tenderness every care forsakes me at the sight of this temple of real love my sweet emily meets me with smiles her eyes brighten when i approach she receives my friends with the most lively pleasure because they are my friends i almost envy them her attention though given for my sake 
elegant in her dress and house she is all transport when any little ornament of either pleases me but what charms me most is her tenderness for my mother in whose heart she rivals both me and lucy my happiness my friend is beyond every idea i had formed were i a little richer i should not have a wish remaining do not however imagine this wish takes from my felicity i have enough for myself have even enough for emily love makes us indifferent to the parade of life but i have not enough to entertain my friends as i wish nor to enjoy the godlike pleasure of beneficence we shall be obliged in order to support the little appearance necessary to our connections to give an attention rather too strict to our affairs even this however our affection for each other will make easy to us my whole soul is so taken up with this charming woman i am afraid i shall become tedious even to you i must learn to restrain my tenderness and write on common subjects i am more and more pleased with the way of life i have chose and were my fortune ever so large would pass the greatest part of the year in the country i would only enlarge my house and fill it with friends my situation is a very fine one though not like the magnificent scenes to which we have been accustomed in canada the house stands on the sunny side of a hill at the foot of which the garden intervening runs a little trout stream which to the right seems to be lost in an island of osiers and over which is a rustic bridge into a very beautiful meadow where at present graze a numerous flock of sheep emily is planning a thousand embellishments for the garden and will next year make it a wilderness of sweets a paradise worthy its lovely inhabitant she is already forming walks and flowery arbors in the wood and giving the whole scene every charm which taste at little expense can bestow i on my side am selecting spots for plantations of trees and mean like a good citizen to serve at once myself and the public by raising oaks which may hereafter bear the british thunder to distant lands i believe we country gentlemen whilst we have spirit to keep ourselves independent are the best citizens as well as subjects in the world happy ourselves we wish not to destroy the tranquillity of others intent on cares equally useful and pleasing with no views but to improve our fortunes by means equally profitable to ourselves and to our country we form no schemes of dishonest ambition and therefore disturb no government to serve our private designs it is the profuse the vicious the profligate the needy who are the claudios and catalines of this world that love of order of moral harmony so natural to virtuous minds to minds at ease is the strongest tie of rational obedience the man who feels himself prosperous and happy will not easily be persuaded by factious declamation that he is undone convinced of the excellency of our constitution in which liberty and prerogative are balanced with the steadiest hand he will not endeavour to remove the boundaries which secure both he will not endeavour to root it up whilst he is pretending to give it nourishment he will not strive to cut down the lovely and venerable tree under whose shade he enjoys security and peace in short and i am sure you will here be of my opinion the man who has competence virtue true liberty and the woman he loves will cheerfully obey the laws which secure him these blessings and the prince under whose mild sway he enjoys them adieu your faithful ed rivers letter two hundred to captain fitzgerald october seventeenth i every hour see more strongly my dear fitzgerald the wisdom 
as to our own happiness of not letting our hearts be worn out by a multitude of intrigues before marriage temple loves my sister he is happy with her but his happiness is by no means of the same kind with yours and mine she is beautiful and he thinks her so she is amiable and he esteems her he prefers her to all other women but he feels nothing of that trembling delicacy of sentiment that quick sensibility which gives to love its most exquisite pleasures and which i would not give up for the wealth of worlds his affection is mere passion and therefore subject to change ours is that heartfelt tenderness which time renders every moment more pleasing the tumult of desire is the fever of the soul its health that delicious tranquillity where the heart is gently moved not violently agitated that tranquillity which is only to be found where friendship is the basis of love and where we are happy without injuring the object beloved in other words in a marriage of choice in the voyage of life passion is the tempest love that gentle gale dissipation and a continued round of amusements at home will probably secure my sister all of temple's heart which remains but his love would grow languid in that state of retirement which would have a thousand charms for minds like ours i will own to you i have fears for lucy's happiness but let us drop so painful a subject adieu your affectionate ed rivers letter two hundred one to colonel rivers belfield rutland october nineteenth nothing my dear rivers shows the value of friendship more than the envy it excites the world will sooner pardon us any advantage even wealth genius or beauty than that of having a faithful friend every selfish bosom swells with envy at the sight of those social connections which are the cordials of life and of which our narrow prejudices alone prevent our enjoyment those who have neither hearts to feel this generous affection nor merit to deserve it hate all who are in this respect happier than themselves they look on a friend as an invaluable blessing and a blessing out of their reach and abhor all those who possess the treasure for which they sigh in vain for my own part i had rather be the dupe of a thousand false professions of friendship than for fear of being deceived give up the pursuit dupes are happy at least for a time but the cold narrow suspicious heart never knows the glow of social pleasure in the same proportion as we lose our confidence in the virtues of others we lose our proper happiness the observation of this mean jealousy so humiliating to human nature has influenced lord halifax in his advice to a daughter the school of art prudery and selfish morals to caution her against all friendships or as he calls them dearnesses as what will make the world envy and hate her after my sweet belle's tenderness i know no pleasure equal to our friendship nor would i give it up for the revenue of an eastern monarch i esteem temple i love his conversation he is gay and amusing but i shall never have for him the affection i feel for you i think you are too apprehensive in regard to your sister's happiness he loves her and there is a certain variety in her manner a kind of agreeable caprice that i think will secure the heart of a man of his turn much more than her merit or even the loveliness of her person she is handsome exquisitely so handsomer than bell and if you will allow me to say so than emily 
I mean that she is so in the eye of a painter, for in that of a lover his mistress is the only beautiful object on earth. I allow your sister to be very lovely, but I think Belle more desirable a thousand times. And rationally speaking, she who has, as to me, the art of inspiring the most tenderness is, as to me, to all intents and purposes the most beautiful woman, in which faith I choose to live and die. I have an idea, Rivers, that you and I shall continue to be happy. A real sympathy, a lively taste mixed with esteem, led us to marry. The delicacy, tenderness, and virtue of the two most charming of women promise to keep our love alive. We have both strong affections, both love conversation of women, and neither of our hearts are depraved by ill-chosen connections with the sex. I am broke in upon, and must bid you adieu. Your affectionate J. Fitzgerald. Bell is writing to you. I shall be jealous. Letter 202 To Colonel Rivers, Belfield, Rutland, London, October the 19th. I die to come to Belfield again, my dear Rivers. I have a passion for your little wood. It is a mighty pretty wood for an English wood, but nothing to your Montmorency. The dear little Sillery, too. But to return to the shades of Belfield, your little wood is charming indeed. Not two particularized, detached pieces of your scenery. The two ensemble is very inviting. Observe, however, I have no notion of paradise without an Adam, and therefore shall bring Fitzgerald with me next time. What could induce you, with this sweet little retreat, to cross that vile ocean to Canada? I am astonished at the madness of mankind, who can expose themselves to pain, misery, and danger, and range the world from motives of avarice and ambition when the rural cot, the fanning gale, the clear stream, and flowery bank offer such delicious enjoyments at home. You men are horrid, rapacious animals with your spirit of enterprise and your nonsense, ever wanting more land than you can cultivate and more money than you can spend. That eternal pursuit of gain, that rage of accumulation in which you are educated, corrupts your hearts and robs you of half the pleasures of life. I should not, however, make so free with the sex if you and my caro sposo were not exceptions. You two have really something of the sensibility and generosity of women. Do you know, Rivers? I have a fancy you and Fitzgerald will always be happy husbands. This is something owing to yourselves and something to us. You have both that manly tenderness and true generosity which inclines you to love creatures who have paid you the compliment of making their happiness or misery depend entirely on you and partly to the little circumstance of your being married to the two of the most agreeable women breathing. To speak en off, my dear Rivers, you are not to be told that the fire of love, like any other fire, is equally put out by too much or too little fuel. Now Emily and I, without vanity, besides our being handsome and amazingly sensible, to say nothing of our pleasing kind of sensibility, 
have a certain just idea of causes and effects with a natural blushing reserve and bridal delicacy which i am apt to flatter myself do you understand me rivers i am not quite clear i understand myself all that i would insinuate is that emily and i are take us for all in all the two most charming women in the world and that whoever leaves us must change immensely for the worse i believe lucy equally pleasing but i think her charms have not so good a subject to work upon Timble is a handsome fellow and loves her but he has not the tenderness of heart that i so much admire in two certain youths of my acquaintance he is rich indeed but who cares certainly my dear rivers nothing can be more absurd or more destructive to happiness than the very wrong turn we give our children's imaginations about marriage if miss and master are good she is promised a rich husband and a coach and six he a wife with a monstrous great fortune most of these fine promises must fail and where they do not the poor things have only the consolation of finding when too late to retreat that the objects to which all their wishes were pointed have really nothing to do with happiness is there a nabobess on earth half as happy as the two foolish little girls about whom i have been writing though married to such poor devils as you and fitzgerald certain not no and so ends my sermon adieu your most obedient a fitzgerald End of section 2